Welcome to the show, Fairways and Finance. My name is Jeff Smith. I've been in the mortgage business for 16 years, top quarter percent LO nationwide. And you know, this podcast, we want to talk about your finances, how to grow and accumulate wealth and all things related to the mortgage industry. But we're golf lovers here as well. So we're going to work in some golf. Don't worry for my golf lovers out there. We got you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Jeff Smith, Fairways in Finance. Hope your 2023 is off to a great start. And man, it's been a good start for the for the mortgage industry. Last year was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. That was one of the worst years um, I've ever experienced. You know, income-wise, it was not one of my worst years ever, but it was just from a difficulty standpoint, that might be the toughest year I've ever been a part of, you know, and it was rising interest rates and home prices that have risen significantly through COVID, uh, kind of a two headed monster there that made 2022 really tough. Uh, at the end of 2022, we started to see interest rates come down and now rates, um, peaked on November 10th and they're down over 1%. I'm recording this here in, in uh, second half of January. So, uh, that's really given a boost to the mortgage market and to the real estate market as a whole. And we expect that to continue moving forward. So I think good things ahead in the real estate industry um, and specifically the mortgage industry. So looking for 2023 to be a better year, but you know, and th- this is not what I want to talk about today, but I'm going to do a quick sidebar on this, you know, there, especially like in the mortgage business and in a lot of different businesses, there are ups and downs, you know, in your personal life, there are ups and downs. There are easy times and hard times good times and bad times. And so 2022 was definitely a really tough time in the mortgage industry. Um, but it's important to keep your perspective in an environment like that and to keep working, you know, to keep pounding away, keep grinding away. You have to do 10 times as much work to get the same result. Um, but you got to keep working. You got to keep trying. You got to keep putting in the effort and planting those seeds because eventually as things turn, you know, that that will pay off. But it's not as nearly as quick of a payoff or as easy of a payoff as it is when the market is good. The other thing, you know, related to mortgage professionals specifically is when you're in the good years, you've got to save cash. And, you know, 2022 is really tough. We basically lived off of savings for 2022. I mean, we were bringing in income, but not nearly enough that we need. And if we didn't have savings, then we would have been going into debt. And that that's a scary place to be. And I've been there before many times, I've had to learn that lesson four or five or six times over, you know, because we constantly go through these cycles. And, you know, I have just continued in my younger years to make the mistake of every time we went through a great cycle, I'd ratchet up our lifestyle and not save money. And it's okay to increase your lifestyle. Like during 2020 and 2021, we increased our lifestyle but we also saved a lot of money. So those two have to go hand in hand. If you're going to increase your lifestyle as a loan officer, when times are good, you have to save money in addition to it. And the minimum absolute bare minimum benchmark when business is good is saving 20%. Uh, But really when you're making a lot of money, you should be saving 40, 50, 60, 70%. Then you can use the remaining 30% to live off of and and increase your lifestyle if you're bringing enough in. So um, just a quick sidebar on that. Make sure to continue grinding and make sure to save when times are good. But today, um, what I want to talk about is three reasons why I think real estate is a better investment than stocks. Now, not that 
you shouldn't invest in the stock market. And, and Danielle and I have money in the stock market. It's a great place to invest. Um, it's you know relatively easy because it doesn't take a lot of effort to get money into the stock market. You can just sign up for an E-Trade account or talk to a, a financial advisor. And so you know that should definitely be part of your long-term retirement plan to put money into stocks. But as I'm getting older, and I'm coming up on my 40th birthday here this year at gym, I'm starting to reflect a lot more on you know things that have happened to me during my life so far and during my career. And when I look back for Danielle and I, our best investments by far have been real estate. And we've owned five homes. Um, and of all those homes, we've earned the biggest return on those versus stocks. And so that's where I think that you people should focus a lot of money when investing. And that's where we're going to turn a lot of our attention to in investing moving forward. We're still going to put money into the stock market every every month, uh, but we're going to put more of a focus into developing a rental real estate portfolio, commercial and residential in the next 10 years. That's a big goal of mine. So three reasons why real estate is a better investment than stocks. The first is, is called leverage. So leverage means that you're borrowing to purchase a real estate asset. So say, for example, you've got 50 grand. If you had 50 grand to invest, you could put $50,000 into an E-Trade account. Now you've got 50 grand in the stock market and you're invested with 50 grand in the stock market. If you took that 50 grand and went and bought a primary residence, you could put 5% down on a $1 million home as your primary residence. Now you have $1 million invested in the real estate market. So if stocks make 7% and real estate makes three or four or five over the long haul, 5%, let, let's say 4%, 4% on a million dollars is 40,000 a year that that home is going up in value. So you're gaining 40 grand a year in equity just based on the value of the real estate. 7% on $50,000, let me use my calculator here so I don't hurt myself, uh, is $3,500. So if you're making 7% in the real estate market, versus the stock market uh or excuse me if you're if you're investing fifty thousand dollars in the real estate market versus the stock market seven percent return in stocks five percent return or four percent return in real estate you're making thirty five hundred versus forty thousand dollars so that's thirty six thousand five hundred dollars more you make by putting that money into real estate that does not take into account a bunch of other write-offs and, and deductions and stuff you get that I'm going to talk about in a minute here. So the leverage with real estate is huge. You cannot invest with leverage in the stock market the same way that you can in real estate. Uh, now, leverage can get you into trouble as well. If you if you over-leverage yourself, you get yourself in a situation where you have too high of payments and you can't meet the obligations, then you could put yourself into bankruptcy. So you don't want to do that either. You've got to be more careful investing with leverage because it could come back to bite you if things weren't good. So I think for the average person, a great strategy to build a real estate portfolio without having to put a ton of money down is to buy a new primary residence every two or three years. So if you buy a primary residence, put 5% down, live in it for two or three years, then you convert it to a rental and go buy a new primary residence. So all you have to do is just go buy a new primary move into the new primary of 5% down and then rent out your old primary. And what's great about that is on a conventional loan, if you get a lease agreement in place, we can use 75% of that lease income on your departing residence 
as qualifying income for the purchase for the new primary residence. So if you buy each home as a primary, you have to live in it for at least 12 months. But if you live in it for at least 12 months, you're playing by the rules and you get a better interest rate and lower down payment. If you buy the home straight up as an investment property, you have to put at least 15% down and the rate is you know almost 2% higher and there's more fees. So buy, if you're willing to buy and move, buying a primary residence every two to three years can be a great way to build up a real estate portfolio. You do that for 10 years and you could have three to five rental properties plus your primary residence. Now, as you acquire these properties, with leverage, it's important to be mindful of the fact that you've got a lot of debt out there that needs to be paid in, uh, you know, by way of mortgages. So if each property is rented and the rental income is covering the mortgage payment, then you're good. But where you run into problems is if you have a vacancy or if the rental market turns down, it's more difficult to get a renter into the home. Or if you have a renter that goes in and trashes the place, So as you're building this real estate portfolio, super important to have cash reserves. And you should have at least six months of cash reserves per mortgaged property to cover expenses, vacancies, unexpected things that would come up, repairs, et cetera. So if you're going to use leverage, it's very important to pair that with cash savings so that if you run into trouble, you don't all of a sudden go bankrupt in three months because you can't meet your debt payments. So very important when working with leverage to be careful with it in that aspect. The second reason real estate, in my opinion, is better than stocks is access to cash. So let's say that you buy you know, that first primary residence and let's say you live in it for three years and let's say the market's really good. It goes up 10% each year. So if you bought a $500,000 home, 500,000 times 1.1 times 1.1 times 1.1, that home would be worth $665,500. So it would have gone up 165.5 in value over three years at 10% a year. That's if the market's really good. You know, say the market was just average, it might have gone up 70 or 80 grand. But regardless of whether it's 165 or 80 grand that it's gone up, you can get access to some of that equity by refinancing the mortgage on a cash out refinance or taking out a home equity line of credit. So if you do either of those to tap into the equity, let's say you pull out 75 grand out of the home. The 75 grand is a loan against the real estate, but it does not count as income from tax purposes. So you can get your hand on $75,000 of cash without having to pay any income tax you do have a mortgage payment that you're making or a home equity line of credit payment that you're making, uh, but you've got that cash in the bank. So you can take that cash and use it to purchase another piece of real estate. Or you can take some of that cash and use it to purchase another uh, piece of real estate and bolster your cash savings. So that can work really well, especially when rates are in a downward cycle and you can refinance, lower the rate on the mortgage and take equity out at the same time. A lot of times, depending on how much you're taking, you can do that with hardly increasing your mortgage payment. So as you take this equity out, if you can keep the total payment you know, equal to or less than the rent that you're bringing in, then you're not having to pay out of pocket for those payments on the, on the equity that you get out. So that's one. And then the second way you get more access to cash with real estate 
is with the cash flow on the rental itself. So if you have a strong rental property where the rental amount is more than the mortgage payment and your expenses, you're pocketing cash every month. So if you're cash flowing 500 bucks a month on three or four properties, that's a couple grand a month just coming into your accounts without you having to do anything to work for it, you know, aside from some management on the properties. So that that's another way that having real estate can get you access to more cash. Okay, cash is king. That's always the saying, cash is king because it's true. So real estate gets you more access to cash. Number three, real number three reason why real estate I think is a better investment than stocks is you have lots of tax benefits with real estate. So real estate, you can write off what's called depreciation. So depreciation is a accounting method that allows you to deduct a certain percentage from your taxes every year based on the value of that home. So the based on the value of the home depreciating for that asset. And, and the great thing about it is most homes, even though they're getting older and in need of some repairs, if you're in a growing market, you're able to write off depreciation, but the value of the home is going up. So it's a great write-off. Mortgage interest can be deducted. So your expense for mortgage interest is a tax write-off. Repairs, general maintenance, contractors, um, all of those expenses can be written off as well. So it's a great way to lower your tax, uh, uh, your um, tax bill and your taxable income by deducting all of these expenses on your real estate portfolio. And then in addition, if you have a primary residence and you work out of the home, you can deduct uh, money off of your taxes for working at home as your home office. So tons of good tax write-offs with real estate that you don't get at um, when you invest in stocks. Um, so that's another great reason to invest in real estate. And there, there's a lot of others, but those are the three that come to mind for me personally off the top of my head. And then you know, one other point with buying real estate, I think it's a great idea. You know, obviously you want to buy these homes at the best price that you can get them. And so I think the best way to get real estate at a great value is to A, either get lucky with market conditions and just buy at the right time, um, or B, buy at a time when there's a lot of supply because then it, it's harder for sellers to sell and they're more willing to cut you a deal. Or if you buy a home that is ugly, the ugly stepchild home, and that home requires some work on your behalf. It requires painting. It might require flooring or redoing cabinets. It might require redoing the yard, whatever. But if you're willing to put some money and time into the home to remodel it, improve it, you're going to improve the value by a huge amount. You know, so the house that Danielle and I are in right now, we just we just recently sold it and we bought it for 725,000 in 2016. We put in about $350,000 into the home over a period of 6 years because we've been in this house for six and a half years. So we did a lot of remodeling the flooring, we've repainted it a couple of times, we completely redid the front and backyard, put in an awesome pool and backyard. Um we redid all the cabinets. We refaced them, new countertops. A lot. Basically, we remodeled the entire home except the bathrooms. Okay, so we spent about three fifty. So we were into the home for close to one point one million, and we sold it for one point seven, and we lived in it for six and a half years. 
So we made 600 grand on this home and we got to live in it for six and a half years. It's a great home. It's a great place to live. And we got a lot of tax write-offs with it as well. Now we got lucky with um, benefit of COVID prices. You know, the lot, the two, two of those last years, home values were going up like 25%, which is super rare in, in the real estate market. But, you know, say that didn't happen. Um, I think the home, you know, would have been worth one, two or one, three, you know, so we still would have made two or $300,000 in a period of six years, which is, that's a ton of money. That's a great investment. So uh, real estate, if it's purchased right, can be an excellent investment. And just like any other investment, the longer you hold it, the more it's going to go up in value. So the longer you can keep these properties in your portfolio, the better off you're going to be because really it's it's very difficult to time any kind of market. It's when you buy at the just at the right time, it's basically luck. And so the longer that you hold an investment, the better chance you give yourself of you know being a part of some of the really uh, good years and also some of the really bad years, but it, it will smooth itself out and give you a nice return the longer you hold the asset. So that's real estate. Uh, three of the reasons why I think it's a great investment. DM me, give me a call. I'd be happy to talk to you or, or answer any questions you have about this. Um, I own a mortgage company, Tiger Home Loans. We're a residential mortgage lender here in Arizona and opening in Tennessee in the coming months and would love to help you on your next real estate transaction. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I I hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable information out of it. I want to help to educate others and and help people grow their business and build wealth. And I can only do that with referrals and your help getting the word out about this podcast. So if you come across someone you think could benefit from this, please share it with them. And if there's nobody who comes to mind, a five-star review would go a long way in in helping me to, to grow this podcast and grow the brand. So appreciate your support. 